My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church. And if you ever wondered if God was good, God was faithful, all you had to do was go outside yesterday and see that he is a good God, a faithful God. His timing is not like our timing. He waits till the end of spring to bring us the beginning of spring, but he is a faithful God. And it is uh, so good. I'm so glad you carved out time to be here. Those of you who are here uh, in our overflow space, those of you who are watching online right now, um, this is such a good weekend. I want to just take a second before we get into some of the rest of what we're doing. Uh, my pastor growing up and his wife are here. Can you guys stand real quick, Sherman Marty? I know, it's crazy. Can we honor and bless them? My pastors growing up and their son, my best friend growing up. And so much of the, if you have any problems with me or with this church, talk to him afterwards. You can take it up with him. Uh, but it is so good to have you guys here. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to continue in our time of worship by doing something that we regularly do here. We love to give back to God. And there's was thinking about our time together this weekend. There's a lot of things I give myself to, a lot of things you give yourself to. And you have to wonder what you get for what you give right? Like maybe you give yourself to work. You give a lot of hours of your day, of your week, of your life to work. And you have to ask yourself, what do I get from what I'm given? Maybe for you, it's paycheck and that's good enough. Maybe there's meaning, significance you get from your work. Some of you love to work out. You give a lot, leave a lot of sweat in that gym. And then that you work, you give yourself to that. What do you get in return for that? Maybe you get to feel good, take care of your body. But I'm telling you, there's nothing, no greater return than when you give yourself to God. When you give of yourself to God, you gain so much more than you give. You, two things happen. One, you get to be a part of a bigger thing that God's doing. You get to be a part of the work that God's doing in this church, in this city, and literally around the world when you give of yourself to him. That alone right there is a greater return than whatever it is that you give to him. But what you also get is you get a heart that is growing more and more grateful to God. As you step out in gratitude and generosity, God expands and grows your heart for greater generosity, greater gratitude, there's nothing that you can give yourself to that has a greater return than giving of yourself to God. And so that's why we give around here. It's a joy for us to give to God and what he's doing in our lives, in this church and around the world, where there's three ways that you can do so. Uh, there, you can give old school in the buckets. If you came ready to do it that way, you like placing your check or your money in there. Fantastic. You can do that. Uh, you can text to give. That's pretty amazing. You can actually literally pull out your phone right now. I won't be offended. If you text in and kind of get started in your giving process that way, easy way for you to do it. And then you can, as we say every, every week, give online. The majority, in fact, of our church gives online. That's how Gene and I give. God's been able to grow our giving year over year as we give online. It's the best ways that you can give to God and helps keep you faithful and consistent in that. So I'm going to ask our amazing volunteers to come forward to receive today's offering. Let's give with joy and gratitude to God. As he gives us back, we gain so much more than we give. Uh, we're kicking off a brand new teaching series today that I've been looking forward to for months. Back since the fall, I began studying and preparing for this teaching series. And we're going to be looking at the next couple of weeks on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in this church and in our everyday lives. The teaching series is called Forgotten God because for so many folks, that's what the Holy Spirit is, this forgotten aspect and attribute of a relationship with God. For lots of Christians, and I'm going to talk a lot to Christians today. So if you're here today and you would not yet call yourself a Christian for whatever reason, maybe you're here because you're checking out God. Maybe you're here because you're checking out somebody that goes here. That's fine. We don't, however, <laughs> however you got here, we are glad that you are here. 
I'm going to talk a lot to Christians today because this is a dynamic of our relationship with God. And here's what's so fun. If you wouldn't call yourself a Christian yet, you get kind of an inside look into what's at the heart of our relationship with God. You get to hear. There's kind of all the curtains pulled back. You get to see the whole deal as we talk about what it means to be in a relationship with God. Because for many Christians, they just simply don't know or don't experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in their everyday lives. It's as though there's a part of God that's been forgotten. God the Father, we kind of understand the big picture, this all-powerful being in the universe. Okay, I can kind of wrap my head around that. Jesus, his son, okay, we just celebrated that Easter. I kind of got that one. But the Holy Spirit, I got nothing on that one. I don't even necessarily know what the Holy Spirit is all about or how it pertains to my life. Even though the Holy Spirit is just as much a part of the Trinity as God the Father and Jesus the Son, for so many Christians, so many folks who follow Jesus, they're actually living with a two-thirds God, an incomplete experience of the whole of God. It's a two-thirds God for them. And for lots of folks, it's because they just didn't know, they didn't hear, they weren't around, exposed to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we are doing what we're doing over the next couple weeks. Because, listen, here's the deal. There's lots of things in your life that you're on board with that you know about, but you don't understand how it all works. Lots of things like that in your life. You don't know all the details behind it. You can really love something and still not know everything about it. In fact, I want to show you exactly what you mean. I mean, I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to say hello to them and tell them your name. Go ahead, turn to the person next to you, say hello, my name is. Yeah, easy. You can do that. Okay, awesome. All right, so now that you guys are close friends, you guys go way back, we're going to take a little quiz to show you how much you can love something without really totally knowing everything about it. Okay, does that make sense? I'm going to put a picture of a band, a famous band up here on the screen that you should know. I want you to turn to that person that you just had that deep connection with. I want you to turn to that person, and I want you to see who can say the name of the band first and fastest. Okay, does that make sense? And so we're going to kind of span the generations, okay? Just don't worry. I got everyone covered in this. All right, first picture. Let's see. Who is it? Okay, Jackson 5. All right, we got it. Jackson 5. Awesome. On my phone, the first song in my iTunes playlist is ABC by the Jackson 5. And so every time I plug my phone into my car, that song starts playing automatically. So I am in a daily relationship with the Jackson 5. I love the Jackson 5. All right, so Jackson 5. Five members of Jackson 5. Uh, who is this member? Can anyone name this member? Michael. Remember, you're playing with each other, not to me. You're don't... <laughs> I know the answers already, so you can turn to the person next to you. Okay, that's Michael Jackson, of course. Legend, classic Michael Jackson. Can you name this member of the Jackson 5? Oh, oh. Oh, you like the Jackson 5, do you? Okay, here's a hint. It's not Janet, all right? So we know, we know that. Okay, this is actually Tito Jackson. Ah, some of you guests or got that. You guessed, be honest, you guessed. Good lead guitarist, vocalist, part of the Jackson 5 from the very beginning, Tito Jackson. All right, so let's bring it up a couple years, a couple decades. Anyone know who this band is? In sync. Now let's just pause for a moment on this picture. And let's just all stop and celebrate our tremendous hairstyle choices we were making in the early 2000s. Not a single head of hair was untouched in that picture. Okay, so uh, can you name who this member of InSync is? Again, you're playing with each other, not with me. I already know the answers. Justin Timberlake. Look at that little doe-eyed boy. Look at that little kid there. Awesome. All right, so now can you name this member of InSync? Okay. Okay. I got you. I heard you. I got you. 
Those of you who shouted that out are wearing NSYNC t-shirts to church right now. Respect. You have my respect. This is Chris Kirkpatrick, member of NSYNC. Uh, not best friends with Jimmy Fallon. Hasn't done the Super Bowl halftime show twice, but still a great man nonetheless. Father, husband, great guy. You just don't know his name. That's okay. You can still like NSYNC and not know who Chris is. Let's do one more. Do you know who this is? Destiny's Child. This is Destiny's Child, or they, they are Destiny's children. I don't know what the plural is of Destiny, <laughs> Destiny's Child's Ren. I don't know. Okay. But big band from a couple years ago. All right. So do you know who this member is? Mm-hmm. Beyonce or Queen. The Queen will do any of that. Any of those answers will do. Okay. So do you know who this is? Okay, Soul City. You're showing up today. Okay, pretty awesome. I would have accepted not Beyonce as one of the answers, but Michelle Williams has actually had an incredible career on her own, incredible singer and songwriter and performer. In fact, here's a fun fact about Michelle Williams. She's actually been to Soul City Church. How about that? Yep, that's right. That's right. We've had one third of Destiny's children in our church. Okay, so what does any of that have to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, this is what happens so often for us, is that we have a cursory understanding, or maybe even a deep understanding or experience with God the Father, with Jesus the Son, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we don't quite have a framework for the Holy Spirit. We have less understanding, and oftentimes even less experience with the Holy Spirit. And yet the reality is that you cannot know God without knowing the Spirit. It just doesn't work that way. If you're having a relationship with God, you cannot know God without knowing the Spirit. They are, in fact, inseparable. In fact, it could actually be said that you cannot know God without the Spirit, without the Holy Spirit's work in your life to draw you to God, to awaken you to God. As John 6, says, it's the Holy Spirit who draws us into God, draws us into the awareness of God, draws us into relationship with God. You don't even actually know God. Maybe you don't even know God, but that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit isn't already working for you so that you would actually know God. Do you see how important the Holy Spirit's role is in your life in your relationship with God. This is why the uh, Christian philosopher Augustine said some 1,600 years before this sermon, he said that without the Spirit, we can neither love God nor keep His commandments. Without the Holy Spirit's work in our everyday life, we can't even know God, love God, or keep His commandments. See, life with God simply does not exist outside of the Holy Spirit. So the question that we all have to ask ourselves, to be honest, as we kick off this teaching series is this. Do you have a two-thirds God? Do you have a two-thirds God? Maybe some understanding or exposure a little bit to the Holy Spirit, but are you experiencing the power and presence, the significance of the Holy Spirit in your everyday life? See, this is no small thing. In fact, the Holy Spirit is mentioned all throughout the Bible, talked about all throughout the Bible. There are over a hundred verses about the Holy Spirit in the Bible. In fact, it goes all the way back to the beginning, back to the very first page. Genesis 1.26 says this. Put it up on the screen. You don't have to open there, but look at this. It says this from the very beginning. Then God said, let, what's the next word? Let us. Let us. God is referring now to plural, to relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let us make mankind or people in our image, in our likeness, 
so that they may rule over the fish. But you see, right in the very beginning, there is acknowledgement that there is more than just God. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The prophet Isaiah, when prophesying about Jesus, can't help but mention the Holy Spirit. And Isaiah 11, 1 says this, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. Look at this in verse 2. The what? The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. This is hundreds of years before Jesus. Hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit is poured out into our hearts and everyday lives. And already Isaiah is saying, just so you know, there's more to God than just God. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in fact, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit again and again and again and again and again. In fact, Jesus talks more about the Holy Spirit than all of the little hotbed issues that Christians love to debate this day. He talks more about the Spirit than all those things combined. In fact, in John 14, Jesus actually said to his followers and to you and me, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Look at that word there. That This is one who works for you on your behalf another advocate to help you and be with you forever. He goes on to say, it's the spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be what? Will be in you. You see how God's been telling us all about his spirit, his Holy Spirit, for like hundreds and thousands and thousands of years, hundreds of verses about it. And despite all of the awareness of the Holy Spirit, all of the Holy Spirit's activity and history and theology, for many folks, the Holy Spirit still remains a mystery. I mean, there have been volumes of books written about the Holy Spirit. Whole churches and denominations have built their theology on the Holy Spirit. And yet, for most everyday followers of Jesus, Christians today, there's just so little opening and exposure to the gift of the Holy Spirit. So often the gift of the Holy Spirit gets lost in the wrapping paper that falls on the floor. And we miss what God has for us and we settle for a two-thirds God. Now, when I knew that this is what I was going to do for life, I decided that I should probably get some training in this, some education in this. So I went to a Bible college, great school. And this school that I went to was built on the work of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. But by the time I got there, the Holy Spirit had become an academic thing to be studied. And in fact, I took a class on the Holy Spirit, and we talked and we read about the Holy Spirit from a safe distance. I took tests on the Holy Spirit, like where you get graded on your knowledge of the Holy Spirit. This is a theological conundrum when you get a C on your Holy Spirit final. I have to wrestle with God and bring a theology of grace to my professor, which they did not accept in that moment. This is a, such a vitally important part to our Christian experience. And so what I want to do over the next few moments is to explore and explain the role of the Holy Spirit. I certainly will not cover everything today or over the course of this teaching series. I couldn't over the rest of my lifetime. But my hope is, is that more than just explaining and exploring, is that you will actually experience the Holy Spirit today. 
because so much of this I, I can teach and so much of this we can talk about. And that really is kind of my goal here. My job is to help you get big concepts of God, to be as spiritually practical as possible. But some of the stuff we're going to talk about is just spiritually spiritual. There's not a lot of practicality to it. It's an experience that you have to have with the Holy Spirit. And that is my hope and my prayer for you is that you would say yes to God's Holy Spirit and open your life up to the Spirit's power and presence in your life. So let's look at what that might look like. Grab a Bible, if you would, and open to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. If you brought a Bible with you, fantastic. You got it on your phone, that's great. But if not, there should be a Bible right under your seat. We already thought of you. You can go ahead and grab a Bible and open up to page 946 in the Soul City Bible. Page 946 will get you to Galatians chapter 5. Let me give you some context. There's a couple passages that talk about the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Outside of Jesus, no one talks about the Holy Spirit more than the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul was writing a letter to a church, and that's where this book comes from. And what he was trying to get them to understand in this letter was the importance of our faith in God's grace, that we believe that God has actually already done it for us, and that we're not bound to the law, the old way, the old covenant before Jesus, and before the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, that we are invited into a new way with God. So he's trying to help them get this point. And he talks about life in the Holy Spirit. And in fact, this is what he says. Galatians 5 verse 16 says this. So I say, walk, what's the next word? Walk by the Spirit. Now let's just pause right there. I want you to grab a pen and circle that. And I want you to see how many times that comes up over the next few verses. Grab a pen and just circle. Walk by. It's okay if it's not your Bible, because what you're doing is you're giving someone else a head start later. So go ahead and circle it there. Walk by. I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now Paul uses some really interesting language here. He says that we should walk by the Spirit. Now some translations say in the Spirit. Maybe your Bible says walk in the Spirit. But I love this translation, the way it says to walk by the Spirit, because what he's saying here, in other words, is that the Holy Spirit is our power. It is the way in which we have life. We move forward. The Holy Spirit is the way that we move forward with God on a daily basis. Walk by the Spirit. The Spirit is your power and your foundation. In the same way that your car doesn't run without its engine, it runs by the engine. If you don't have an engine, you can push it. You can hope to find a hill somewhere in the Midwest, but it's not going to get very far. It runs by the engine. In the same way, your body runs by the heart. You need your heart working. Without that working, everything else shuts down. In the same way, your life with God is by the Spirit. It is is in fact the foundation of this active dynamic life that you have with God. And when that is your power, the Spirit gives you the power to not pursue the things that lead you away from God, the things that draw you away from God. And he's going to get back to that in a minute. Verse 17, he says this, For the flesh, our sinful desires, desire what is contrary, what is opposite, what is against the Spirit. And the Spirit... What is contrary to the flesh? They are in, what's the word? They are in 
conflict with each other so that you are not to do just whatever you want. Anyone here ever felt that conflict? Can I get an amen in you? Friday night, you ever feel that conflict? Man, I could go out with them and do this, or I can make a wise way choice. I feel like God's leading me here. Man, I could get in this car and go do this, but man, I just feel like God is... That conflict is this battle that Paul's talking about between the spirit in you and the spirit of this world. One spirit actually leads you home to God. The other spirit leaves you lost. One spirit leads to life. The other spirit leads to death and leaves you longing for so much more. Paul goes on to say in verse 18, but if you are led, what's the word? If you are led by the spirit that this is, that was weak, 1030, come on. Y'all, seriously, let's do this again. But if you are led by the Spirit, that's power in your life, the power and presence of the Spirit in your life. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, Paul's making a kind of a bigger point that we talked about in the context of this whole letter. He's saying you're not bound to that old covenant, that old way before Jesus, before grace, before the Holy Spirit actually living in you. You're not bound to that old way of religion, of hoops to jump through, of marks to make. When you're led by the Spirit, it is a way of freedom. It is a way of life. It's the way God intended you to live. And then Paul goes on to paint this beautiful picture in verse 22. Such a beautiful picture of what it looks like when we plant ourselves in the Holy Spirit, when we allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that only the Spirit can do in our everyday lives, what actually comes up and comes out of our lives. And you may be familiar with this verse. It's Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is, now I just want to hit pause for all my Sunday school kids, Anyone here who grew up in church and got a gold star for memorizing the list that I'm about to walk through, I see you. I'm proud of you. I have a whole <laughs> pack of stickers for you afterwards. But before we get into that, just stop and actually look at the language you might have missed in memorizing the list. The fruit of the Spirit. That there is this fruit that comes up and out of your life. When you plant yourself in, when you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, there is fruit. We say here every single week, the mission of our church is to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. This is part of what we're talking about. As you are transforming more into who God created you to be, there should be fruit that comes out of you, that others are able to see and taste and recognize the goodness and the presence of God through you. And so then Paul goes on to say what that fruit that comes out of this life by the Spirit really looks like. He says that it's more love, more joy, more peace, forbearance, or maybe you grew up learning the word patience there, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, keeping the bigger context of what Paul's saying in Galatians 5, he says, against these things, there is no law. Every rule of religion pales in comparison to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can't regulate this stuff. You can't mandate this stuff. This is just what comes out of someone who has planted themselves, opened themselves up to the Holy Spirit. Spirit. This is what we're talking about. It's not about perfection. It's about transformation. 
It's not about having it all figured out. It's about fruit. Being born, coming out of your life. So again, I want to talk to just those of you who'd call yourselves Christians. You say, yep, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm all about this God life. I'm following Jesus. Okay, here's a question for you. Are you more loving today than you were a year ago? Just, I mean, it's, I'm not, just consider that for a moment. Are you a more loving person today than you were a year ago? Are you more patient? Do you have more peace in this season right now than you did in previous seasons? And maybe right now in this season, life feels out of control. Your circumstances feel beyond anything you would have chosen, want, could imagine. But, it, but do you feel more peace? Do you, as you stop and just check in and go, oh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm not freaking out. I'm not going nuts. I believe, I actually feel centered. This is a new feeling for me because there's peace growing in me. Again, for those of you who call yourselves Christians, what a great question for you to ask someone who knows you and loves you. To ask them honestly, you can take any one of these fruits of the Spirit and say, hey, am I a more joyful person today than I was when you first met me? Am I a more peaceful person? Do you notice like, self-control. I'm not just kind of flying off the handle. Am I more of this than I was before? What a great question for someone, maybe your spouse or someone in your small group, someone you work with. Some people have been waiting to give you this feedback for a long time. (laughs) So choose wisely who you invite into this reflection exercise. But this is what life in the Spirit looks like. I plant myself, I open myself up to the reality of the Spirit who is already at work. And then God over time begins to grow more of these things in me. Verse 25, he says it again. Since we live what? Since we live by the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. No, this is interesting. Let us keep in step what? With the Spirit. And I love a little play on words there. Since we live, since our life with God is rooted in the reality of the Holy Spirit, then let's try and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. I love the metaphor here. I can't help but think of, of dancing, you know? It's like you're invited into this divine dance and the world is the dance floor. Your life is the dance floor. And your job is to keep in step with the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit moves because the Holy Spirit is moving. See, this is what keeps a relationship with God so utterly different and so much radically better and greater than any form of religion with all of its powerless prayers and sort of predictable practices, the Holy Spirit is dynamic and is always on the move. In fact, Jesus told us in John 3, Holy Spirit's like a wind that's blowing and your job is to just raise the sail, raise the sail so that you can catch the wind of the Spirit to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful picture. And I I want you to kind of understand this a little bit more tangibly, how that works. This all sounds great. Oh yeah, my life's by the Spirit. My job is to keep in step with the Spirit. That's what God's invited me to do. What does that look like? I'm going to use a very real illustration from right now in this very moment. So uh, me working on or writing this message is a practice in keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. I've been studying for the last couple months for this teaching series, been writing for the last couple weeks, and all along the way, what I'm trying to do, what I endeavor to do, is to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so when I'm reading something and something kind of pops up and it goes, ding, I go, oh, okay, that's the Holy Spirit. I mean, it doesn't sound an audible 
It's not like the Holy Spirit's the microwave and just goes off and it's like, oh, okay. But there's a little thing. I go, wait, that's, I need to pay attention to that. There, there was a whole part of this message as I was writing it and, and preparing it. And I don't know if you know, I write my message out word for word. So I kind of manuscript out my message. That whole process for me is a work of partnership with the Holy Spirit. Because I had this whole part in the middle of this message I was really excited to do. It took about a half a page. It would not, I just, I felt really confirmed by the Holy Spirit. It's not necessary. I still think it's good. <laughs> Maybe I'll find you afterwards. I'll just give it to you there. But I just got a sense from the Holy Spirit, just, to, just trying to keep in step. No, you don't need, don't, that's true, but that's, you don't need that. That's, that's trying to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And as I've been writing and preparing and studying, having conversations with folks, listening, learning more and more, opening my life up more to the Holy Spirit, now, right now in this moment, do you know what I'm trying to do? Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. If God puts something on my heart that's not on the page, I want to say it. May not make sense, may not totally line up with where I thought I was going to go, but that's what the Holy Spirit's leading me to do in this moment. See, my job is not to have it all figured out. It's to open it all up and say, Holy Spirit, where do you want to lead? What do you want to say? I believe the Holy Spirit was in the process, and I believe the Holy Spirit is in this present moment. And that's what, that's what this life is like. I'm just paying attention, opening myself up, paying attention, opening myself up, planting myself in the reality of the Holy Spirit. Because what Paul is trying to get us to get here, what Jesus was trying to get his disciples and get you and I to get here, what the whole Bible in fact points to is that life in the Spirit is not optional. It's essential. It's not like a little sauce that you put on the meal at the end. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'll have a little Holy Spirit on that. Oh, that tastes delightful. Oh, a little bit more. A little cumin. No, it's not. It's the whole meal. It's the table. It's everything. Life in the Spirit is essential, not optional. And I want to be really clear. For those of you who are seeking or exploring God, I want you to hear this on the front end that this is the relationship you're going to be invited into. It's a relationship with God made possible through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus, and enabled by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit so that you don't end up with a two-thirds God. Holy Spirit is not a, like a little pool you, you dip your foot into every now and then, you know, like, oh, during that last song, little Holy Spirit. Oh, okay, let's go. A little, little dip, a little, just kind of feel how it feels. I mean, that's fine. You can kind of do that. But here's the reality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the river that you are already floating in. It's the river you're already in. And so the, the goal for you and I is to just keep opening up our life, trusting the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is active and dynamic, guiding, guarding, leading our lives. But what would it really look like for you to do that? If you were to be really, really, really honest right now, how much of your life is, like, is lived like that with the Holy Spirit, just opened up, trying to keep in step, following the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to keep filling your life so that what is filled up into your life flows out of your life? I think for a lot of us, this is just a part that we just kind of miss when it comes to our life with God. And it's not that we're not filling our life up with other things. It's just that so often it's not the one thing that actually leads to real life. Let me show you what I mean. This glass is your life. I want you to imagine this is your life. Okay? There's so many things that you and I do on a regular basis to fill our lives up. All kinds of different things. 
In fact, for, for some of us, you are just, um, maybe for you, you, you got some anger. You got some just fire in your life right now, right? And maybe it was kind of poured out over you as a kid. You saw it modeled for you as a kid, but oh man, you are saucy. You are fiery, right? And so lots of times what happens is you just anger begets anger and you just kind of keep filling your life up with anger. And this is just sort of how it goes. You just add more anger, more anger. And then what happens is you end up with another fight, another fight, another coworker that doesn't like working with you. And anger begets anger and you're yelling at people on the side of the road and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And this is what your life starts to look like. Maybe for you, it's not anger. Maybe for you, it's something a little bit deeper. Maybe for you, it's bitterness. I brought some vinegar along with me. Your anger is a little bit more passive-aggressive. It goes deeper. And you pour it out over your kids. And you pour it out over your spouse. And you pour it out over your coworkers. So much so, in fact, that after people have conversations with you, they leave going, wow, man, that wasn't fun. What was that all about? It's just bitterness. It's just unresolved grief. Unnamed expectations that you had, hopes, desires that were never met that manifest themselves in bitterness. Maybe for you, for you, you, um, you're always on the go. I got some coffee here. It's hustle, 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 hustle. You just go from meeting to meeting, day to day, appointment to appointment, relationship to relationship. It's just never enough. You just keep going. You keep going. You keep going. You keep going. And you're moving so fast, it's almost impossible for you to pay attention to God. And this is the pace at which you are living your life, and you wonder why your life so often feels void of God's presence and power in your life. It's just because you're moving so fast. Or maybe for you, you are so exhausted all the time because of how fast you are moving that you have to kind of re-up with all kinds of little things just to kind of get your energy back up. You got to get back in the game. You got to re-energize. I got one of these energy drinks here that maybe you drink on a regular basis, but your life just kind of looks like one energy. You're just crushing energy drink after energy drink, and you're just kind of moving, moving, moving because you are ultimately exhausted, and you're just trying to keep yourself going. Or maybe it's gotten to the point where it is so bad or so intense in your life that you are looking for any and every form of escape you can find. And yes, this is the first time I've ever poured wine on the stage in one of my messages. But it's communion Sunday, so our elders, you know, they don't, it'll fly. And so you're just finding escape after escape after escape after escape to numb yourself from the reality of what your life actually looks like. What others are actually getting off of you on an everyday basis. And escape takes all kinds of different Forms. It can actually be through alcohol, it can be through smoking, it can be through drugs, it can be through sex, it can be through pornography, it can be through TV watching, it can be through binge eating, it can be through all kinds of different ways. All of them are just attempts to numb yourself ultimately from the reality of what your life looks like and feels like. And for many of us, this is what we fill our lives up with on a daily basis. And we wonder why it's so hard sometimes to connect with God. We wonder why it's so hard sometimes to even pray. And have you ever wondered what it's like to be on the other end, the receiving end of a life like this? It's not great. In fact, I'll show you. It's not great. This just in, it's terrible. Really taste that vinegar. 
I'm not going to drink it again. What kind of person do you think I am? This is why the Holy Spirit is essential, not optional. Because this is the work that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. This is what the Holy Spirit does. In fact, when you really open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, this is what the work of transformation looks like. Slowly, over time, doesn't just happen on a Sunday, once a month, doesn't just happen in a couple hours, doesn't happen just in a small group. This is every day living with God. Look what begins to happen over time in your life. And the work is never done. This is the greatness and the goodness of God is that the Holy Spirit is always at work on your behalf, helping you become who God created you to be. And the more you open your life up to the Holy Spirit, the more and more you see Him working in your life and you actually see what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. And you begin to live as God intended you to live. And the life that you have to offer others is radically different. It's life-giving. This is the river that you are already in. Would you be willing to get honest with your life, to open up your life to the reality, the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit, to allow the Spirit to actually fill you up so that what flows out of you is more and more and more of the Holy Spirit. Listen, your spiritual life is not just about practicing principles. And we talk a lot about biblical principles and how those can change your life. It's not just about practicing principles. It's not just about memorizing verses, although we believe Scripture is essential in our relationship with God. Your spiritual life is a Spirit-filled life and nothing less. This is what God, in fact, has invited you to live, a Spirit-filled life to be transformed by the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to explore, and my hope is experience, what that process really looks like for you. What that process looks like for our church to become a church more dependent on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you as best a spiritually practical application as I can for this. We love giving homework here at Soul City Church, ways that we can practice what we just experienced here together. And months ago, I was teaching on the love of God and how God is our perfect parent and how when Jesus prayed, he often referred to God as his Abba, his Papa, his Daddy. Beautiful picture that Jesus gives us of how we can pray to God intimately like that. And apparently our daughter, Gigi, who just turned 10 yesterday, it's hard to believe, but our daughter, Gigi, was listening to that message that day and got the homework and took it seriously and has gone home at our house. Elijah prays for breakfast. Gigi prays for dinner. And she just began praying. She started praying that night. She said, oh, that, it was that Monday night. The next night she said, dear God, I mean, dear Abba. And she started like adding that to her prayer and has incorporated praying to Abba in her everyday prayers. This is a 10-year-old little girl, right? So I thought, what a cool idea for our church, given where we're headed over the course of this month and where we believe God is leading us in the future of our church. Your homework this week is to pray, first of all. And when you pray, will you pray to the Holy Spirit? 
Will you start your prayer by saying, Holy Spirit, and then go wherever the Lord leads you, wherever the Holy Spirit leads you. Praying that way, just by starting, Holy Spirit, and then pray. You may show up with your list of things that you want to break down with God and walk through with God, but just watch if when you start by saying, Holy Spirit, if the Spirit doesn't lead you in another direction. If you don't have an opportunity to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, listening to, paying attention to how the Spirit is working and leading and moving in your heart. It's like writing with your non-dominant hand. This will be new for a lot of us. But would you be willing just this week, over the course of this teaching series, to start your prayers by praying, Holy Spirit, and see where the Spirit leads you. I think you are going to experience more of the Holy Spirit, maybe, than ever before in your life. Lots of times you'll hear Patrick and I or Jeannie or someone on the stage mention that we want to welcome the Holy Spirit into this place. And that's a beautiful picture and sentiment. We want to welcome the Holy Spirit's presence into this place. But it's not actually totally accurate when we say that. Because the reality is the Spirit is already here. The Spirit has invited you into the Spirit's presence. And that's what we get to practice when we just pray, Holy Spirit, you are waking up to the reality that already is. You're in the Holy Spirit's presence. In fact, Father Richard Rohr said it so well. He said that we cannot attain or grasp or gain or acquire the presence of God. We are already totally in the presence of God. What is absent is awareness. And so my hope for you this week is that it will wake you up, make you aware to the presence that you are already in, that we are already in in this moment. So I'd love to pray right now together as a community. Would you stand? We're going to pray the Holy Spirit together. If you would open your hands up, open your heart up. Let's pray as we close out our time worshiping and declaring our dependence on the Spirit's power and presence. Will you join me in a prayer right now to the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, thank you for all of who you are, that you do the transforming work in us. You renew us from the inside out. You make us whole. You make us new. And you're not done with us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you have not been silent. You have not been absent. It is us who have been unaware of your power and presence. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would wake our church up, that you would wake our lives up. And Holy Spirit, I pray as you're already working for folks who are exploring God or curious about God, that even now they would feel their heart racing a little bit as you're drawing them closer and closer to the reality of God's love and freedom and forgiveness and grace for them, that they are here for a reason. In fact, Holy Spirit, you brought them here today. Holy Spirit, we just want to live in. We want to be more aware of your power and presence in our lives. Forgive us for when we miss you. When we fill our lives up with so many other things, we want to be filled up with you, all of us, all of who you are. We need your presence. Help us to live in that presence today and this week, we pray in your name, Holy Spirit. Amen.